2: Don't forget to catch up with all the best interviews each day at ausbiz.com.au. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the call. G'day and welcome to a new week of The Call. You know how it goes. Ten stocks picked by you. Two experts over one hour. I'm Andrew Gagan. Great to have your company on this Monday. Well, it's... uh, introduce our two guests for this show francesco destratus from Manette, and david novak from wealthwise education welcome to both of you david how are you going how are you seeing the market today another bit of a sell-off it's um we're all looking at that iron ore price aren't we at the moment because materials off significantly again
1: yeah look it's uh, pretty ugly resource sector andrew and particularly um for bhp and Rio and uh, Fortescue, of course, the main main, um, ones that are copying it with the iron ore price collapse and uh, another, what was it down, another 4% I think on Friday. So, you know, we've seen the iron ore price fall from the highs of uh, 57% now. That's a massive drop. So uh, I am expecting some support down here at around $100 US a tonne. So if it stays here, this is what they call a Fibonacci retracement level, which is pretty strong. At 0.618, so I, I would be surprised if it doesn't hold uh, above 100 here and even have a have a bounce. So some of these mm. um, miners are just, you know, getting way oversold down here. So I just think there's some going to there's some great opportunities for a bounce. Um, you know, if you're brave enough to go in, yeah. and usually it's when uh, fear is at its most that um, you know you can find some bargains. And there's certainly a lot of fear out there and panic selling and even in the juniors, I mean, if you look at companies like Grange Resources, which is trading near um, cash backing of half a billion, uh, that's ridiculous. Fenix is another one, and in Mount Gibson, I mean, the, these are the juniors, but they're they're neither cash backing. So mm. a little bit overdone, and they're still getting a good margin. So, um, but a lot of fear right now about what's happening in China, and um, you know, obviously there's other concerns out there, but I won't go into it yeah. right now because it could be on the. The whole da- well, that's I'm right. Thinking. There's
2: a big can of worms right there. Uh, Francesco, I wonder if you agree. So, David, seeing some opportunity right yeah. now, particularly in, in relation to that uh, those iron ore miners and a bit more broadly in materials? Yeah, look, I mean, just on the iron
0: ore, obviously, you know, the iron ore price falling uh, is a factor of, um, you know, Chinese regulation. Um, and there's some concern over a couple of property developments in China as well. So, yeah, that's... I suppose put the cat amongst the pigeons for iron ore prices. Interesting, looking at you know the the box um, metallurgical coals actually risen seven percent um, on Friday night. Um, so it, you know normally you'd see you know the iron ore price and metallurgical coal going in the similar direction, but they're, they're trading in the opposite direction. So. Look, look. I I suspect in the shorter term there's potentially a bounce there. I thought you know over $200 a ton for iron ore was very expensive and unsustainable. Um, But such a sharp fall, uh, I suppose, deserves a bit of a bounce in the market. But I mean, looking at the broader market, um, you know, I I think some still concerns over COVID, obviously, um, and how um, deep an impact this, um, you know, second wave um, of the Delta variant uh, will go across not just our economy, but, uh, you know, potentially the US economy as well. So I I think, you know, the impact upon that is having a little bit of an impact on the broader market, Um, despite, you know, the the broader market's been very strong over the last 6 to 12 months. So I think there's a bit of profit taking out of that as well.
2: Yeah, I guess also some nervousness out there, given a lot of commentators are calling for a pullback, saying it's... uh, it's due, but um, we'll stay the course at this point. Look, also... Well, of, I always,
0: get nervous, always get a bit nervous in October as well. Yeah, true. So I, I think the market's probably doing a bit of a prelim for October and trying to get ahead of itself, maybe.
2: Okay. Uh, look, also a bit of action just as far as M&A today. Uh, and that has come as far as our stock of the day. In fact, a consortium led by Transurban confirming this morning... It will take full control of Sydney's West Connex project, snapping up the remaining 49% stake from the New South Wales government in a deal worth more than $11 billion. Shares are in a trading hold at the moment as it launches a $4.2 billion equity raise to pay for its part of the joint purchase, which it won alongside the Canada Pension Plan Investment Board, Abu Dhabi Investment Authority, Australian Super and a Canadian-based institutional investor, and Transurban saying it expects to get more than 600 million dollars of potential capital release uh, from the increased stake, which gives the company a total dominance of Sydney's toll road market. In fact, back in 2018, Transurban beat a rival bid led by IFM investors for the initial stake there, with the consortium acquiring 51% uh, interest in the project for 9.3 billion dollars. So, what does this all mean for investors, Francesco? Uh, what are your thoughts? Because um, look, essentially, it's going to control all of Sydney's toll roads, except, I guess, the, the Harbour Bridge and the Harbour Tunnel, uh, with the potential, I guess, of um, the Western Harbour Tunnel to come. Yeah, look, uh, Transurban is a
0: company we've liked for a long time, at Um We currently have a buy recommendation on it, and look, that's you know more or less a long-term recommendation. Um, for those investors that are looking, you know, at their super funds in particular, um, you know, these are great assets um, to, to have for long-term investors. Um, you know, where do you find a business where you know traffic numbers increase year on year, toll prices increase by CPI plus a margin on top of it? Um, so, so that side of the coin um, is is you know, I suppose, room for growth, if you like. Um, and on the on the on the cost side of things, they're very good managers of toll roads, uh, particularly mature roads. Um, obviously West Connects is, is not necessarily a mature road, but they've got great experience in that. Uh, and particularly they own half of it already. Um, look, the capital raising, um, they're raising 250 million through AusSuper at 1307. The retail entitlement offer is at $13 or one for nine. Um, at this stage, oh, look, it looks like a good deal for shareholders. So, um, I, I like the business. I think it's a good buy for long-term investors um, and I'd be taking up the entitlement at this point in time. Um, we tend to leave um, um, taking up our entitlements for the last sort of week leading into the closure of it all because um, you don't know what can happen with the market between now and then.
2: All right, okay. So, that's you maintaining your buy recommendation on Transurban. David, your thoughts? I thought we were supposed to be getting out of our cars into public transport, but it doesn't seem to be the case.
0: Does yeah. it? No, no. no. Uh, and, and in fact, just jump in on David before it starts. If you look at um, with COVID, uh, obviously traffic numbers fell off a cliff uh, with um, lockdowns and restrictions, uh, but it is one area which will get back to normal or, or close to normal very, very quickly where things like airlines will take some time.
2: All right. Okay. So, David, your thoughts, do you see that growth?
1: Uh, Yeah, look, I'm not um, so um, bullish on the growth aspect of it. It's more, you know, this is more just an income stock and it has been for a while. It's, you know, as Francesco said, it's um, good for super funds who want a long term income. And, you know, the yields around three percent. But, you know, and it and it is uh, pricing, as as Francesco said, with the CPI. Uh, increases which is a benefit but look I'm a bit cautious about the debt credit markets and uh, I think that most brokers out there from what I read this morning are pretty lukewarm on this um, you know it doesn't necessarily mean I won't take it up it's a one-for-nine entitlement offer to shareholders at $13 so I'll probably be taken up um, but it's not look it's not a, a buy for me Uh it's not it's, I'm, I'm looking for more growth and uh, again i'm a bit cautious about interest rates going forward in the future and um know, infrastructure stocks like this can be can be hit pretty hard if if we see a surge in rates for whatever reason going forward um regardless of you know even just with uh, what's going on in china you know in the debt markets you know you could see a sharp rise in bond yields um so that's the thing i'm a bit cautious about at the moment so i'm i'm not a a buyer myself, but I can understand for shareholders taking up the offer at thirteen percent, which thirteen dollars, which is eight point three percent discount to where the price, share price closed on Friday. It's probably a, a good deal. So, would you be happy to hold it? Uh, I think so, as a shareholder. Yeah, you, yeah. You'd look at taking it up closer to the, the deadline, um, you know. But uh, yeah, uh, it'd be a hold.
2: Okay, that's a hold from David and a buy recommendation from Francesco. All right. Let's get to the ten stocks. Our first one out of the blocks, Class ticker code CL1. Uh, Reggie saying recent results seem solid. What are the long-term prospects for this one, uh, David? It is a cloud accounting software business that um, is actually geared towards uh, managed super funds, self-managed super funds.
1: Yes, that's right. It's um, self-managed super fund. Product, uh, they, you know, they um, they've got a good. Um, um, Technology here for Superfund managers, administrators. Look, they've had some good growth here. I've looked just looking at the numbers from you know financial year 2015. Um, you know the revenue went from 15.6 million to where it is now, which is 54.9. So that's consistent growth they've had over that six-year period. Um, however, the um, you know it, how it translates to the bottom line. They've obviously spent a bit of money on R&D here as well. And, um, you know, that's um, so they've had a bit of amortization uh, over that period of time. So which translates to the bottom line, you know, the bottom line profit hasn't gone up that much when you look at net profit after tax or even before tax um, and after amortization. So um, look, they made an acquisition of um, uh, Smart Corp and another company called um, Recon, Recon Doc as well. So, they're expecting that'll lift their revenue to 65 million next year, which is an 18% lift on the results. But look, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, um, it's a steady as she goes, and there's been some growth here. Uh, it's a hold. I, I wouldn't be rushing to buy it. You can see on the chart, it's been pretty tracking sideways. Hasn't been going very, very far for the last, um, uh, last couple of years. So, pretty much sideways. And that, I think, reflects the, even though they've had these growth in, in client numbers and revenue, um, it hasn't been reflected in the share price and, and especially to the bottom line. So for me, it's a hold. Um, it's not a buy. It's It's got a reasonable dividend yield, just under 3% fully franked. Um, but look, it's just, um, again, when I'm looking at the return on equity here, it's around 11%, which is not that high. Um, so it's not a strong, doesn't meet my metrics in terms of what I'm looking for, a strong growth. In, in, but look, it's a hold for steady income. Mm, all
2: right, Francesco. Yeah, taking a look at just at least in the past twelve months, it has gone sideways. Not a lot of joy, really, either way.
0: Yeah, look, um, it, it doesn't have a long history either. It hasn't been listed all that long. A couple of uh, probably three to four years. Um, and you probably recall when it did list you know there was a lot of euphoria around some of these cloud-based accounting systems um and, and other i suppose asset uh reporting systems so you know obviously when it listed its share price shot through the roof and, and you know obviously was very very expensive and, and overvalued um our analysts um seem to think that um, we're starting to see a little bit of value in it now um they have a buy recommendation on it um but um you know, it's with a little bit of risk in there. Um, they are de-risking the business, though. Um, so, David mentioned those uh, businesses that they've acquired in recent times, uh, Docs and TopDocs. Uh, this is diversifying their revenue stream, if you like. So, it's de-risking the business a little bit. Um, and, and, and they're looking at other acquisitions. And so those acquisitions they've made uh, are earnings a credit as well. So, so, it provides a bit of growth in their numbers. Um, the, the other thing is that, um, you, you know, we think that there might be a pause on their dividends uh, this year. Um, and I've you know, got an inkling that there's potential for more acquisitions, uh, which is why they're retaining some of their earnings. Look, it's, it's, it's a bit below the $2 valuation that our guys got on it. Um, so, you know, I, I would say that it is a buy. It is a growing industry. A lot of uh, uh, SMSFs and, uh, and the like, uh, utilizing these um, specialists, if you like, rather than incurring larger accounting fees. um, They get economies of scale out of this business. Um, Yeah, obviously it's gonna be impacted upon market movements as well, but um, we think there's a little bit of value in there as well.
2: Mm. Okay, that is a buy for class from Francesco. Okay, to our second stock, Japara Healthcare, this one coming to us from Isabel. In fact, uh, it's the aged care operator, Francesco, um, so it has the board has to, has accepted a, a binding bid from Calvary Care. What, what's the latest on this?
0: Yeah, so so we see that as a little bit of a risk because we don't understand the details of that acquisition uh, and how it fits in. Um, it, it, look, I, I like the actual sector. I, I think it's a good sector. The health, uh, I suppose you put it in a bit of a healthcare sector, property trust sector, if you like um aged care is obviously a you know fundamental there's some fundamental growth there with an aging population um i just think these guys are a little bit sort of um you know i suppose you know ad hoc in their approach at the moment um you know we'd like to see a little bit more detail on the acquisition um so so that sort of creates a little bit of uncertainty for it um the other thing is you know they've just been through a royal commission um, and, and there's going to be some regulatory changes, and that always adds to the cost structure of any business. Um, we, we found that out in the, in the financial services industry. Um, so, so we've got a hold on it. Um, um, you know, I think, yeah, obviously the assets are fairly sound, but uh, operationally um, they, they seem to be okay. But um, just that uncertainty around the, the the acquisition and the royal commission. Um, uh, regulatory, potential regulatory changes I should say, um, um, I suppose, you know, takes us out of the realm there.
2: OK, so would you be holding it at least?
0: Just a hold. Yeah, we've yeah. got a hold. If you own it, you hold it. Um, you know, it's not an overly exciting asset there. Um, but um, if, you, if you don't own it, then, you know, I think there's other areas where you can be
2: looking. OK, David, yeah, do you share those concerns, particularly as far as more detail in regards to that um, acquisition?
1: Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, look, if uh, if the shareholders can get a dollar forty, or take it. You know, the the board has sort of unanimously recommended the uh, that they take the offer. You um, know, in, in absence of a superior proposal, uh, but you know, if you look at the longer term trend of Japara, it's been terrible until recently. You know, from uh, late last year, but up till then, from 2016, it was just heading de- heading down and. You know, that's you look at their numbers, and it's been pretty terrible. Um, return on equity and occupancy numbers as well, and they've had obviously difficulties dealing with COVID and all these regulatory changes that uh, are going through as well in the industry. I mean, it's an it. There is an aging population, and I'm part of the, and Francesco and I, um, so we'll you know we're interested. <laughs> in, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, look, I, 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 the business hasn't been hasn't been performing well up till this point so this is look to me this is a gift horse if um, shareholders can take a dollar forty cash under the scheme of arrangement I'd take the money and run uh, no doubt about that, in my view all
2: right that is Japara health yeah look we're, we're all in up there eventually uh, no doubt in terms of aged care all right let's move on to our third one it's uh, Pacific smiles well this' is another one really that we're all participating in as far as our teeth are uh, concerned. Uh, this one coming to us from Jason. Um, now in fact, it, it uh, Pacific Smiles operates one hundred and nine uh, dental clinics, mostly on the eastern seaboard. David, uh, I think it's continuing to roll out the clinics. How are you seeing it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, Dave, this has um, had some good growth numbers here, and, and plus uh, I like their the return on equity here is around twenty six percent. It's been averaging. Around that that level, Um, and you know their earnings revenue growth about 25%, 54% earnings per share growth of 400 million dollar business market cap valuation, but look their their patient fees are up 29% and you know this during COVID as well, so there's these are impressive. Uh, The underlying earnings before interest and tax was up 40%, uh, net profit after tax up 72%, and that they've had a steady growth here. Um, you know, it's, it's been quite impressive uh, given from 2010 when they started off their uh, revenue or patient numbers or centers, I, I, sorry, revenue, I'm looking at here, 60 million up to um, 241 million. It's quite impressive growth. So, you know, this, this one to me, um, I, I'm not adverse to a buy on this one. And in, in fact, and uh, it's also, you know, like I said, even in the face of COVID has performed very well. They're mostly um, in, along the eastern seaboard, You know, from uh, Queensland, New South Wales is the biggest, uh, Victoria, and these are all uh, centers that have been dealing with lockdown. So you can imagine when they come out of lockdown, these numbers could even be even better than they are. They've got one or two centers in WA. So they've, they've got some growth aspirations here and their longer term forecast is going from 109 centers to about 250. So I do like it Um, on the chart. It's had a little bit of, you know, it's had a good rally from the lows of uh, last year, um, like many stocks. And it's had a little bit of a pullback here, but it's holding above on trend here on the 50 day. What I look at from a technical analysis is the 50 day moving average on the weekly and the daily. So it's above that it's had a nice pullback. So this is, this is a buy or or at least a hold. but look, I'd even rate it as a buy. And uh, I think, when, uh, uh, as I said, when Victoria and New South Wales come out of lockdown, uh, you'll probably see improved numbers here for sure.
2: All right. Okay. That is a buy from David. Uh, Francesco, do you agree? Um, look, you know, we all, we should be looking after our teeth, shouldn't we?
0: Uh, yes. Um, if you want to keep eating uh, good steaks every now and then, yes. <laughs> i suggest you do. I agree with David. Auds have got a buy recommendation on it, and, and he quite rightly highlights, you know, the disruptions with lockdowns um, because of COVID. Um, you know, we, we see that. Uh, you know, should should we come out of sort of, you know, lockdowns fairly soon and expect some sort of normality in 2023 and 2024? Um, you know, our analysis about 470% growth in 2023. Now that's coming off very low numbers, obviously. Um, because of COVID, uh, back to some sort of normal growth of about 27% in uh, FY24. Um, Now, the growth's calculated from uh, organic growth in their existing centres because once they uh, rebranded to Pacific Smiles, they experienced some growth. Um, But getting back to the rollout of new centres, and and we're talking about 20-plus centres per annum that they uh, aim to roll out, um, I would expect that growth to be you know, up around those levels. So it does trade on a reasonably uh, you know, stretched PE, but with those sort of growth numbers, um, you, you, you would expect that. So, um, yeah, look, we've got to buy a lot of stock. And um, you know, look, again, back into healthcare, it's, it's one of those you know, industries that has fundamental growth in it. All
2: right. Pacific Smiles, Smiles All Around, that is in the portfolio okay let's move on to our fourth one in the lithium space iron and uh in fact uh john asks how does this stock look now with the recent partnership announcement with sabanye stillwater uh, this is um in fact the share price has come off significantly since the announcement there um sabanye uh it's um was it uh, the future focus of the mining? Uh, it's a joint venture with the largest producer of platinum. In fact, um,
0: Francesco. Yeah. Look, I, I think the share price has come off a bit because um, I think the market wants to know a little bit more about, you know, what's in it for SSW. Um, look, from an iron point of view, um, it, it, it's 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 a good deal. It de-risks the business to a certain degree. Um, yeah, you know, we, we we have a, a speculative pilot, and I'll uh, i stress that word speculative because it still you know is a speculative type of investment. Um, but you're you're talking you know in excess of 700 million dollars uh, of capital spending to develop the mine, um, and and um, uh, this joint venture partner is going to deliver about 490 million of that, the rest of it's potentially going to be coming about from debt um, and they may raise some capital along the way as well. So, so, from a point of view of going from an explorer to a um, um, development before production, um, you know, it's de-risk of that, that that capital input. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's a 50-50 joint venture. You know, I'd rather say 51-49, you know, depends on sort of what, what their uh, uh, motivation obviously the motivation is to make profits but um, um, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out so um there's still some outstanding questions on the joint venture um, but the funding of the um, um of the, the of the plant um, seems to be uh, sorted out um, and you know what are the growth plans for both joint venture partners uh going forward but yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised by the share price coming off because of that. Um, I, I, I thought you yeah, potentially that would give it a bit of a run, but again, it's you know it's it's still in that speculative investment category.
2: Okay, a speculative buy, um, David. How do you see this, particularly you know as far as the joint venture? Do you think um, it's been a bit savage just as far as that um, market reaction is?
1: Yeah, look, I, I think that the, re- the reaction is because uh, they're doing a placement as well with Sabanier at, uh, at around 65 cents. So, so when they announced that, that's why it pulled back, I think, to that where it is now at this level. They're doing a placement of about 145 million shares. It's raising 70 million US, which means Sabanier will have about uh, uh, 7.1% of the issued capital of Ioneer. Um, but, you know, look, this, this gets a big tick of approval, obviously, with uh, Sabania coming in. It's a $10 billion global mining company, um, so it's a nice partner. You know, nice, if you're going to have a partner, this is the sort of company that you want to have a partner with, and it's in Nevada, American American company in, in Nevada as well, is where the lithium deposit is. And, um, uh, you know, the, they're also throwing in U.S. $490 million so that's really you know a seal of approval for the deal and um you know really establishes the foundation to go forward so i think it you know longer term it looks good um i would i would not be a buyer up here i would prefer to buy it at a lower price i mean look it's a one point what's the company's got a valuation of about 1.25 billion dollars up here um and you know to me you know they're not uh, they're not going to be in production until late 2022 or maybe early 2023, so you've got a fair way to go yet. Um, So in that case, like for me, it's no, there's no rush to buy this. Although it's in the lithium space, that's the space that's uh, pretty sexy at the moment. But look, I look at other things like I mentioned a stock last a couple of times on the show, BCI Iron uh, or BCI Minerals, I should say. It used to be BCI Nine, BCI Minerals, and you know they've got a very much the same forecast in terms of you know, annual EBITDA to this project, um, it's also got a net present value about 1.7 billion, which is this this particular project, has a net present value calculated at 1.3 billion US, um, internal rate of return of 21%. And they'll be producing 22,000 um, tons of uh, lithium hydroxide. So compared to BCI minerals, which is a different commodity altogether, we're talking about potash and high purity salt. I mean, that company is only valued compared to this at the moment. The market cap of BCI minerals is say 240 million. Half of that is almost in cash, 110 million. And they've already got the approvals in place. And it's a, it's a, you know, 60 year to hundred year mine life versus this one. They've projected for four years to 26 to up to 26 years. Um, so if I'm looking at what I'm saying to you here, is I'm looking at, comparing different projects and value, for what I'm getting for my money, um, this would not, you know, I would certainly pick BCI minerals, even though it's a different commodity, uh, to to this one based on the price and the, you know, forward forecast uh, net present value and earnings, if that makes sense. So to me, it's not a buy, it's a hold. It would be a hold if you've already got it, or looking at buying at lower levels. So that's um, in a nutshell.
2: Yep, okay, that is Ionear. Let's uh, move on to Telco Services and Superloop. Um uh, David, in fact, um this is uh consumer home broadband. Look, it's also been actually affected by uh COVID because it is in that um student accommodation sector which has obviously been decimated uh with COVID. Uh has recently completed a $100 million equity raise. How are you looking at it?
1: Uh, look, I'm lukewarm on this one, to tell you the truth, Andrew. It's not, um, look, their their numbers up till now have been pretty, very poor. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, they've never made a profit, according to my numbers here. So they're still yet to, you know, they're, they're, they're investing a lot and raising capital to expand their fibre optic network, um, and they're, you know, increasing the, um, you know, number of um, um, uh, In terms of client subscribers connectivity and for their new fiber connectivity, and annualized revenue has been moving up. However, they're still not making a profit here. And I don't expect, um, you know, um, this one, I'm not a buyer. Um, I'd rather wait until I see the rollout and, um, you know, incur more subscribers, a higher number of subscribers. And also translate that to the bottom line because I'm just looking here at their earnings. Um, they did have 10 million profit before tax, um, and they've had some good growth here. But again, when I look at the, you know, and it's, and it's look, it's it's, it's also indic- indicative when you look at the chart where it's been going, which is nowhere since the beginning of the year it's had a pretty poor trend and it's just been consolidating down here. So for me, this is a, um, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not a buyer of it. I just wait to see it translate more to the bottom line and higher subscriber, um, levels of subscriber uh, subscribers joining their network and roll uh, rollout. So to me, it's put it on your watch list. That's basically what I, okay. Say this
2: One to watch. Uh, Francesco, what, what are your thoughts then?
0: Yeah, look, uh, at odds we've got an accumulate recommendation. I'm not, I'm, look, we're reading it, it's not a stock I follow very closely, um, but uh, I would tend to agree personally with, with David. I think it's more of a halt than an accumulate. Uh, that being said, looking at what the analyst has written about it, um, yes, David's quite right, it hasn't made a profit, um, but it is in that uh, development and growth phase. Um, their, their losses are, uh, are, are less and less each year, though. So yeah, they had an adjusted net loss of 31.6 million this year. Um, that's better than 40.9 the previous. Um, they're expecting, I think, over the next two to three years, to actually turn a profit. Um, so, that, so that's positive. So the green shoots that they're suggesting are, um, you know, there's improvements on the free cash flow um you know cash flow they're expecting to turn positive um so you know all those numbers um over over the last two to three years and and forecast in the next two to three years are all improving um they they saw some solid growth in their core business and that's the aussie connectivity uh business and the broadband business um and as you quite rightly mentioned you know there's uh uh, Wi-Fi and student accommodation and things like that, they've sort of saw some headwinds. Um, you yeah, know, we would expect that as as far as, you know, the end of, of lockdowns and, uh, and the opening up of uh, the economy uh, after COVID start to uh, see growth in those areas again. So um, I, I tend to agree with David. I, I think it's probably more of a hold. Um, but, um, you know, our analysts have got a accumulate on it. All
2: right. In fact, on that note, uh, Francesco, a couple of our viewers just asking you to, to actually define what you mean by accumulate rather than buy.
0: Uh, it's a soft buy, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> so in other words, you know, those that own the stock and believe in it, in, um, you know, you can top up. Accumulate means that, you know, you're expect, they're expecting you know, a certain amount of growth per year um, less than if it was a buy. I don't know the exact numbers. It's something
2: around under 10% or 5%, somewhere around there. No no worries. Okay. All right. We're halfway through. Let's just uh, summarise where we're at then. We started with the stock of the day, of course, Transurban. Uh, Francesco has a buy recommendation on that, particularly as far as uh, looking at at improved traffic and toll prices there. Uh, David, though, um, referring to it as an income stock, but not a buy. He's cautious about the debt that it has at this point. Uh, class, um, David, Good Growth Stock is saying, uh, although it has been tracking sideways, it's a hold, whereas Francesco sees it as a buy, seeing value there in the business. Uh, Japara Healthcare, look, it is the subject of a takeover here, but both Francesco and David, a bit cautious, just as far as they're wanting more ac- uh, deal uh, detail, I should say, on the uh, acquisition. Um, So it's a hold from Francesco and, um, well, $1.40 is the the in, I think. Uh, But um, otherwise, David sees it as a potential sell there, saying it's a terrible return on equity. Uh, Pacific Smiles. Now, this is going into the portfolio. Um, David seeing impressive growth here. And Francesco uh, also a buy. So Pacific Smiles goes into the portfolio. Uh Ioneer, a speculative buy from Francesco. Uh, does have some questions, though, on this joint venture that has been announced. Uh, and David, a um, uh, buy at perhaps a lower price, uh, so more of a hold from David. And uh, just finally, our fifth one there, Superloop. Uh, David's saying the number's pretty poor. I've never made a profit as far as he can see. Uh, it is a hold. It's certainly on his watch list, at least. And as we've just found out from... Francesco there he's got a an accumulate recommendation so a bit of a soft buy but perhaps more of a hold there uh, from Francesco all right now here on the call of course we do have our own portfolio which we've been tracking since July 1st last year that's thanks to our partner NAB trade all the stocks that get the two thumbs up or a buy such as Pacific smiles both of our experts giving that go into the portfolio so let's uh, have a look at how we've been performing Uh, weekly we're up uh, close to uh, 0.2 of a percent on the month just under two percent and in the year to date that's since july the first we're up just over four and a half percent since its inception uh, july last year we're up 41 more than 41 percent that's been a impressive trajectory And taking a look at those stocks we've added recently, uh, Australian Vintage, uh, Adairs, Cluey, PWA Holdings and Resimac. And those that have gone out of the portfolio, Medical Developments, Rio Tinto, uh, Rays and Energy One. And you can check all those stocks we have in the course portfolio by heading to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. All right, let's uh, move on now. And uh, our sixth stock of the day is Brickworks, recommended to us from Seb, who asks, is this a buy? Francesca, of course, uh, affected most recently, I guess, by that pause in construction activity. It has had some uh, headwinds there, particularly as far as New South Wales and Queensland with those lockdowns and so on.
0: Um, yeah, look, I, I'd probably be more inclined to be a hold on this one. Um, I, I look again; yeah, they, they, they have definitely been adversely affected by lockdowns, um, and, and um, you know, our analyst seems to think that um, once that um, uh, that there's changes in the situation there, um, then um, they'll start to see some some growth in the business. I. I Potentially prefer to be a bit more cautious and wait a bit on this one. Um, it does uh, also have an investment part of the business, which is worth uh, quite a, quite a bit, as of three hundred million, I think, uh, in Sol Patterson. So, you know that's that's going to attract pretty much the market. Um, and um, if you if you think the market's starting to come off a little bit and uh, um, perform a bit negatively over the next month or so, you'll probably start to see uh that impact upon their numbers also um they do um also sell building products into the u.s uh, they don't see a huge amount of growth there either so look it's it's not one that if i was going into the building um building products area that i'd be focused on uh, you know james hardy's one that that we've been uh, following for quite some time and been quite positive on uh, we've just downgraded on that
2: one also because of the share price performance. So, um, yeah, look, I'll be a hold on this one. Okay, a hold for Brickworks. David, um, your thoughts then, I guess, particularly there is that uncertainty at the moment, at least, because of those lockdowns.
1: Yeah, look, this is an interesting one. Um, I'm a hold on, at best, on this one. I uh, consider taking profits to do on this one as well, but um, at best hold. Uh, one of the reasons is, uh, along what Francesco is saying, a bit cautious about the market. Look, their earnings over the last few years has not been stellar, uh, believe it or not. It's been, you know, their below part in, in terms of return on equity has been, you know, around just below 10%, which is not not great. Uh, obviously, they've had challenges with COVID. But the other thing is, um, you know, they've got a 39.4% holding in Washington, Sol Patterson's, which believe it or not, if you look at the, the valuation of um, Sol Patterson at the moment, you know it's up near $8.8 billion. This is a $3.8 billion company valuation market cap at the moment on Brickworks. So you know their holding in Sol Patterson's is almost worth the market cap uh, of Brickworks, let alone their other, other business. So they've got a lot of value in Sol Patterson. In fact, if I was the board, in part, I would be considering taking some profits or selling down some like the shareholding in, in Washington, Salt Patterson's, Pattinson, Pattinson, I should say, to to um, take some money off the table because they're trading at a 52 times earnings multiple, which seems extreme. I mean, they did increase you know, their profit. They indicated a couple of weeks ago, Salt Patterson's came out and said that they, they expect group consolidated profit to be in the range of 316 to 336 million so that puts it on a very high multiple extremely high so you know again if I was uh, on the board of Brickworks I'd be saying hey why don't we take some money off the table and cash in some of the shares Uh, I think that would be a positive I mean they've had some really good record property earnings they expected uh, they in their last trading update in June for this year so they've had some good results there in the vicinity of 240 million, um, but other than that, look, I, um, I'm i just cautious about the market up here as well. So I think, you know, we could see a pullback here. So at best a whole, but I'd even consider taking profits in Brickworks.
2: Okay. That is Brickworks. Our next cab off the rank, Worley. Uh, David, of course, this um, global engineering firm, particularly active in the resources sector at the moment, um, did have a disappointing trade. Uh, Disappointing recent update, though.
1: Yeah, they're, um, you know, they they said, well, they had one of the major shareholder um, who had shares in escrow just uh, sell down some of their shareholding. Um, So that was one of the main reasons that the stock pulled back. But also, um, you know, they're they're mainly a lot of their businesses in the oil and gas sector, which, as you know, um, you know, is being quite um, subdued. Considering going forward, even though the oil price is high, there's a lot of there's there's a lot of value in that sector. I mean, people are worried about uh, you know the ECG uh, regulations going forward, and um, you know that carbon carbon they, they are focusing on carbon neutral projects, which is a good thing going forward in the future. But look, looking at the underlying earnings for the half year, uh, it was uh, it was up by 32%, which is not too bad. Um, but their operating cash flow is up 14%. Um, they've got a backlog of uh, projects about 14.3 billion, which is good. But uh, I think it was that sell-down by Jacobs that uh, you know added a, a must have done. I don't know what the price was, but obviously that's put some pressure on the sh- on the shares. Uh, I would say, I'd suggest it, I should say. But then, look, they've got some, you know, they've got some big clients here: Shell, Chevron. Uh, Sire resources so they've got a bit of diversification but look the trend is not your friend right now for that reason alone I definitely would not be a buy it's below the 50-day moving average and um, but there is some value here but I'd look at much lower levels but it's certainly not a buy given what the trend is right now plus you know they need to lift their return on equity which has been pretty poor over the past few years so I'd, I'd want to see you know more bang for the buck if you like on this business Um, But, you know, they are moving into, you know, more carbon neutral type projects going forwards for uh, their sustainability. But, yeah, look, it's uh, it's an avoid for now and uh, certainly not a buy. Yeah, not even a hold.
2: Not even a hold. You'd be selling
1: it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Given that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. No, that's definitive. I like it. Uh, Francesco, do you agree?
0: Um, Look, I'll... I'm not as negative as David on this one. I, I really like the business. Um, and, and, you know, they've, they've suffered because of, because of COVID. Obviously, the oil price, you go back to the beginning of last year, the oil price fell down to around $30 a barrel. Um, so so a lot of your projects um, that they were contracted on get put on hold or deferred. Um, so a lot of the new projects uh, a new business, um, you know, whilst they don't lose those contracts or, or all of them, um, they, they get pushed down the track a bit further in the day. A lot of um, maintenance contracts w- would have to continue on, um, but unscheduled maintenance, they'd probably miss out on a bit of that. So, yeah, I understand why the share price really got hit through this COVID patch. Um, they've done very well um, in, in an acquisition about or oh, 24 months ago um, to broaden their their offering outside of just energy. Um, so, you know, you're looking at... The, you know, providing engineering consulting to to resources sector and chemical sector and the environmental sector um, um, after that acquisition so so that's broadened their capabilities and their, broadening their offer. Um, we, we see the earnings um, you know out to 23 and 24 start to pick up a bit um, and if you look at um, the EPS on, on, out there you know, you're looking at a PE of probably 13 to 11 times Uh, That doesn't mean I'll be out buying it at the moment. I I think we'd need to see a a little bit more water under the bridge before we start to um, look at it as a good opportunity to buy. But, look, I really like the business, but not at these levels and not in this current environment. Um, But it'll be a watch for me. We've got a hold on it,
1: um, and I continue to hold the stock.
2: Okay, that's a hold. So, yeah, not as negative as David in regards to...
1: Actually, I, I would I would rate it as a hold as well. Because oh, it's OK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it. has
2: convinced I, you. Uh,
1: yeah, look, I, <laughs> I, I, do like, I do like their backward, their, their business um, going forward and um, what they're up to. So, it, you know, and, and it does it's starting to represent good value. I just don't like the trend at the moment. So, you know, if you are a shareholder, you'd probably you'd just hold. It's a bit too late to sell it now. So there was a sell signal a little while ago. But uh, look, I, I would go with Francesco on this one. Okay, as well.
2: all right. To so those investors, don't panic. David is a hold, not a sell. Don't do that. Okay, let's let's Francesco. Let's uh, move to the next one. Over the wire Holdings. Now, I don't know about you, but to be honest, I did have to look this up. I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. It is a uh, IT company providing internet and telco services.
0: Yeah, look, it's a stock that we cover, and, and I have to be honest, followed it. Closely either, um, it's not in the, the space that sort of I tend to focus on uh, at the moment. But um, look, I do I do like this area of the economy. You know, they do a fair bit of uh, cloud-based um, storage, but also um, you know they work on you know um, voiceover internet providing and uh, you know things like we're doing now is you know. Um, the area of the future, you know, the, the you know the teams and the, the zooms and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, they're they're involved in delivering that sort of service. Um, our analysts do have a buy on it. It is speculative. Um, there's not a lot of volume as you can see from that chart um, traded on the stock. Um, you know, it is it is it is profitable. Um, so, you know, it's not as if it's you know, losing money every year, trying to get into profit. It, it is a profitable business. Um, you know, trades on, you know, PEs of you know for 2021, 20, 58 times. Um, and, but you know, EPS growth. Um, you're looking at sort of you know 7.2 to 13.2 for 21 to 2022. Um, that's quite a significant uplift in in earnings growth to support a, a very high PE. Um, I look, I, I, you know, before I put my hand on my heart and say I think you, know, you should be going out and buying it, um, I'd need to do a little bit more work on it personally despite our analysts having uh, a fair bit of confidence in it right. but you know, the things that do stack up for me is in that space, it is profitable um, and their earnings are growing so to
1: me that, that ticks a few boxes Okay, David? Yeah look at best this would be a hold um, look they are Growing their business. In the the good thing is, is they've got ninety percent recurring revenue. Um, you know, their you know, cloud-based business. Uh, their mission or purpose is to simplify technology to empower businesses. And most of their growth is coming from the um, uh, their um, voice and hosting business. So they've had some good um, revenue growth in uh, earnings uh, before tax and depreciation growth of thirty-five percent. Um, and some strengthening of their margin position as well. They've, they've uh, been making some acquisitions. I mean, this company IPO back in 2018, and they've made um, a number of acquisitions. And just recently, they raised about $60 million to buy a couple of businesses. Zintel is one of them, um, uh, Digital Sense of, uh, uh, what's this other one, Phone P, I think it is. Um, so they've had some made some acquisitions here. So Really, it's a hold because uh, you want to see how this translates to the to the uh, bottom line over uh, the next few years, and you want to see certain uplift in in earnings, obviously. And as I said, going through to the bottom line as well. But look, they've had some, you know, good growth here, consistent growth, and but they're on the they've been mostly growing based on acquisitions, and they've got that recurring revenue as well. So I'm not adverse to it, but I wouldn't be rating it as a buy yet until I see their execution process goes um uh in the over the next couple of years okay. especially with these acquisitions yep. so that's what I'd, I'd be at the moment A hold
2: all right that is over the wire holdings Two, experience co uh kate wants to know uh, does this fit into the reopening trade look it is all about um what sort of relies particularly on tourism particularly in north queensland uh with uh, some of the experiences that it offers for uh, for tourists and adventurers um david yeah it, it is all contingent really as where we're at as far as uh, the reopening trade isn't it
1: oh most definitely um you know look they've got some interesting um experiences here well, mostly uh, skydiving it's not my my tea. i mean if you go to their website you'll, you'll see a picture of these people hanging out the side of the helicopter in the gold coast uh, that's the kind of experience that people are after, uh, but look, they've had some good growth in revenue earnings in the past, but again impacted, you know, their revenue was down 49% over the past uh, 12 months and um, EBIT down 22%, you know, running at a loss at the moment. So, you know, this this is um, not a buy at the moment, but you know, it is a reopening trade. Uh, you'd have a look at it. Just looking at the trend, the trend has started to turn positive. so. You know, went from 2018 down to the lows of 2020, and since then it's been climbing up steadily here. So it'd be a hold at best. But look, I, I it, there's no rush to uh, go into this business, but I, I do like that they've got a number of different experiences here. You know, on the Great Barrier Reef to um, you know the Marina Island water. Walk, uh, walk. Mm. They've got uh, Wild Bush Luxury. It's got um, but mostly skydiving seems to be their their um, main source right. of revenue.
2: But you wouldn't be participating in jumping out of a helicopter. I get it. That's fine. <laughs> Francesco, what about yourself? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, and, you know, uh, once, once again. Not, and... not, definitely not <laughs> to miss Jumping out of anything, <laughs> let <out>
0: alone <of> time. <laughs> All
2: right. Would you be jumping into the stock?
0: Yeah. Yeah, look, we, odds has a buy. But I'd probably be more more in line with with David. I think the share price has recovered somewhat over the last 12 months um, on the back of the expectations. Um, yeah, whilst you know, we're in lockdown in New South Wales and Melbourne, um, you know, Queensland isn't, um, so they're potentially still operating a little bit. I was surprised with some of the the numbers. How you know really it hasn't fallen as much as I thought it would have. I thought it'd be down sort of more more 80 to. 80 to 90 percent rather than sort of 30 percent so so that, that that's sort of somewhat positive um i need to have a look and see what the mix of um revenue coming out of skydiving and um you know snorkeling and barrier reef experiences would be yep. um see what sort of diversity they have there um but um look our analyst has got to getting you know if, if he forecasts forward to, to 2024 it's sitting on a PE of about 12, 13 times, um, so it looks like good value that far out. Uh, but there's a lot of unknowns between now and then, um, so I, I, I'd, I'd like to see um, a little bit more certainty on how things are going to play out post um, post lockdowns. That is, because yep. obviously, you know, there's a lot of conjecture around, you know, having your your your, your Vaccination visas and things like that—who who can and can't participate in going to the pub or going to a skydive or or snorkelling in the Barrier reefs. So yeah, sure. you would need—you'd want to be looking at a little bit more um, knowledge on how that will operate. But, okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's not not for me um, as far as their experiences go. Yep. Um, but um, you know, it looks like it's um, it's done well in the past and te- has potential to to, to um, you know, come out of this hole, if you like, uh, post-lockdown. But um, I'd want to be closer to post-lockdown than, than right now. Okay. all but right. that's what I'm taking this Okay. It's you know, probably a bounce, but, but I think it's recovered a bit already.
2: Okay. All right. That is uh, Experience Co. Finally, we've just got a couple of minutes left, so we need to uh, pick it up a bit. Cash rewards. Uh, Francesco sure. bills itself as the country's number one cash buyback uh cashback uh, side i should say uh recently entered into a strategic partnership with uh anz
0: yeah again um I- i'm not comfortable with the general business um odds has a buyer odds um was involved in raising capital for it so just want to get that out there um it, it looks like a um, consumer awards program to me um you know, I don't understand, and, and you know, conscious of your time, it's not making any money. Um, it doesn't expect to make money out to 2024. Uh, to me, that doesn't tick any box. So, I, I, I you know, it, 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 to me, I'd put it in a speculative category, then. Um, for those that are looking for speculative investments, share prices really come off pretty heavily. Um, so it may be an opportunity, but it's not one I'll be looking at. Yeah,
2: a bit of an ugly looking chart, too, there. David, what are your thoughts? i buy yeah, uh, from Francesco.
1: Yeah, look, it's uh, highly speculative in my view. Look, they they, lost, they went from a loss of eight million last year to a loss of nearly 30 million. And they had to do a capital raise of 46 million. So, you know, I mean, that speaks for itself. And they like I said, you know, they're developing the business. This partnership with ANZ could be very positive. They are growing their membership numbers. It has been growing active members. But highly speculative down here. 75 million. It's a micro cap. It's only got a valuation of 75 million. But the way they're burning through the cash, I mean, they they look to me like they're going to have to raise more capital. So it's an avoid, as far as I'm concerned.
2: An avoid. All right. Okay. That is uh, cash rewards. Oh, well, that does it. Well, we got one out of this into the portfolio, so well done, guys. Thanks for that. Hey, uh, that, no, no. that is Pacific Smiles uh, after an hour's work. Yeah,
0: that's right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Francesco, thanks for joining us from Ormond and David from Well Price. Andrew, thank you. Great to see you.
1: Pleasure, right. thanks. Thank you
2: too. Let's uh, just summarise then that last half of uh, those five stocks. So we began with Brickworks, a hold from both Francesco and David. Uh, The problem here is it is still affected by lockdowns. Uh, Worley, um, that's a hold also from both David and Francesco, just as far as it's operating, particularly in the oil and gas sector. There are some concerns clearly from investors just as far as uh, ESG and satisfying those requirements over the wire holdings. Francesco uh, likes that particular area. He he has a speculative buy on it. Uh, but from David, at best, he's saying it is a hold. And uh, Experience Co, neither of them want to jump out of a helicopter, but this is what the company does, particularly skydiving. Uh, David's saying it has good growth, has been hit by revenue with the lockdowns and also the border closures. Uh, it is, uh, it's a hold from David and a buy. But uh, from Francesco, well, that's what... Ward Menez recommending, but he's got more of a hold on the stock. And just finally, cash rewards. It is an avoid from David and also Francesco, not comfortable with it at the moment. At best, a speculative buy. All right, that is our show for today. Uh, just a reminder: any stocks you'd like us to cover, flick us an email. That's thecall at osbiz.com.au, or you can tweet us at osbiztv. And a reminder where to find all the stocks we have in the course Portfolio, you can head to ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen,